What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? I had no idea. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. How to draft wide receivers. We'll tell you the recent trends, the best and worst values. We're going to compare ADP on different sites. If you look at Fantasy Pro's average draft position compared to NFC in the last 10 days, there are some big differences like Cortland Sutton, like DJ Moore, those types of players. And we'll tell you which ones uh, we like better, which values, not necessarily which values, but which ones we subscribe to more. We're going to talk about who should be the first wide receiver off the board. That is a question right now with the Matthew Stafford elbow injury. And we have so much to get to. Welcome to Wide Receiver Preview Part 1. Welcome, Dave. Hi. Welcome, Jamie. Hello. Welcome, Heath. How you doing? I heard you're a little out of breath this morning. I am no longer out of breath. It's been uh, it's been about two hours since I finished my run. So, or hour, hour and a half. Was it a struggle? I'm, I'm doing good now. Was it a little bit of a struggle? Today was a bit of a struggle. <laughs> I, I made it uh, just a little over two, I think I'm exactly two and a third miles. So. Oh, geez. Wow. All right. Well, wow. I'm not going to make fun of you because that is, it would take me a year to get up to that. So congratulations. Um, all right. So listen, we got a lot, a lot to get to today with wide receiver. We also have a, a few running back notes. I want to read something I just read about the Lions running backs and of course, talk about the Melvin Gordon foot injury, even though it's, it's uh, some new information. And by the way, on Saturday... Friday on YouTube, Saturday for the audio audience. We're going to have a news and notes episode to catch up on the things you may have missed while we were doing our position previews and also some some preseason notes as well. Uh, Last year, 2021, was an unusual season with two top five wide receivers being drafted after pick 70. Outside the top 70, Jamar Chase and Debo Samuel. Very, very unusual. They were the first wide receivers drafted outside the top 70 to finish in the top five since Josh Gordon in 2013. So that was not typical. We'll tell you what is typical, where you can expect your top five wide receivers to come from, your top 12, your top 24, and how it should shape your strategy. But let's start. Heath, why don't we go to you first? Give me an overall assessment of wide receiver this year. 
There's a few more tiers at the top than I'm used to. Um, there's a little more separation amongst the top 12. But then once you get past like wide receiver 16, 17, 18, wherever that breaking point is, there's about 25 guys that are kind of similar. Okay. Dave, what's your assessment of wide receiver? Plenty deep, lots of good talent that you can find. Even in like, I, I think you can find talent in round, let's call it round eight, that you would still consider putting in your starting lineup uh, as a flex, as a third wide receiver, guys who carry plenty of risk. Julio Jones kind of comes to mind on that, but the value is good and it's it's a plentiful position and I'm I'm continuing to see lots of good values at wide receiver all the way through the first half of the draft. Okay, Jamie, you're up. There's about 14 number one receivers and about 30 number one and number two receivers. Okay. 14 number one receivers. So that would include Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, D.J. Moore, T. Higgins? Yes. How do you guys feel about that statement? There's about 14 number one receivers and about 30 guys who could be one or twos. So 30 includes the 14 that yeah, are yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go to my wide receiver 30. It's Rashad Bateman. I'm looking at 31, which is Lazard. 32 is Juju. This is just for me and my rankings. Yeah, like, I, think I think he's 30, about right but, on. Right. Yeah. I say Bateman could absolutely be a number two wide receiver. It's yeah. harder for me to see Lazard as being a number two. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm not obviously doing it to the number, but right. I, I think it's just, you know, we always talk in, in 12s, you know, in groupings of 12s because of 12-team 12, 12 leagues, so a number one and a number two. Uh, I, I don't feel like if I get Juju, if, depending on my, on my build, and that's my second receiver, I'm upset about it. If I get Bateman as my number two, I'm not upset about it. I'd prefer them to be my third, but... If if I go about you know an atypical you know build for me where I'm not taking two receivers early, if you tell me like I get great value on a couple of running backs, I you know go a quarterback you know super flex league for example you know go go a different route um, than getting receivers early, I'm I'm perfectly fine if you tell me that's my second receiver. I'll probably double tap it and go you know Juju and Bateman back to back or something like that. Bateman Juju um, as my two and my three, but you know I, I'm I'm I really love how deep the position is. And we're going to go through that pick-by-pick pick series that we did on yesterday's show where we focus on the running backs, and we'll talk more about the wide receivers. But mm-hmm. I'm looking at Heath's team, which was fifth overall. He took Justin Jefferson. This was a three-receiver PPR league. He took Justin Jefferson, then Mark Andrews, then three running backs. And Juju Smith-Schuster is his wide receiver, too. Garrett, Well, you got you to check, though, with Heath. Did he know what the scoring was? Is that a That's thing? Good point. You don't usually don't know? <laughs> Uh, I did not know in our our uh, most recent salary cap draft because I uh, I don't have any re- recollection of Dave having a PPR salary cap draft. I thought I was always been a half PPR, but I uh, I missed the memo and there was an email. But I still my team was just incredible. Did the I was email say half Dave PPR? <laughs> mentioned <laughs> it in the article. Uh, it was a very good team, but we'll see how he feels about that with his wide receivers being Justin Jefferson, Juju Smith Schuster. Garrett Wilson, Jahan Dotson, George Pickens, but you like rookie wide receivers? Well, that's the thing. The other Jones thing about too. this position. Outside <laughs> yeah. the top 30, there's probably 15 first and second year wide receivers 
who could absolutely just explode this year, have the ability, just needs the situation to work out right for them. Elijah Moore, Amon Ross St. Brown, Drake London, Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, all like there's a ton of those guys. It, but typically you would want them to be wide receiver four or five or right, six for but you. But if you if if one of them's your wide receiver three, then have four of them and one okay. of them will be your wide receiver three or better. Okay. Okay. Um, how many wide receivers should be drafted in round one? And when within that round should they be drafted? Uh, Dave? Three. I think the the minimum number is three. Uh, you could say four if you want to include Stefan Diggs in there, but I don't think he's a lock to be a first round pick in a 12 team league. Cooper Cup's going to go anywhere between, goodness, I've seen him go first overall in a couple of leagues. Um, my son was in one where Cup went first overall, it was full PPR. I don't like that. I would I would take him later, obviously. But I think once you get to pick four, I think Cup, Cup's window opens. Jefferson's window opens right alongside him. Chase, I think you'd expect to go anywhere between 9, 10, 11. Any major disagreements, guys? We're pretty nope. good on that. Okay. Uh, there are currently four, almost five wide receivers based on Fantasy Pro's average draft position going in the first round, but Adams and Diggs are at the very, very end, so they could easily be second-round picks. Uh, Jamie, I'll give you this one. I would like to draft blank of my top blank wide receivers. I would like to draft, ideally, five of my top 30. <laughs> and do you do that a lot? feel like you're able to accomplish uh, no, that? four. I get four of my top 30. Okay. Heath? I mean, I have a lot of drafts where I draft three of my top 12. That's because DJ Moore and Brandon Cooks are ranked quite a bit higher than, for me than for everyone else. So if I could take Jefferson in the first and DJ Moore in the third and Brandon Cooks in the fourth, I'm, I'm thrilled with that. Dave, I would like to draft blank of my top blank wide receivers. I would like to draft one of my top 15 wide receivers in PPR, two of my top 22 wide receivers in PPR, and three of my top 30 wide receivers in PPR. I did a, uh, a super flex draft last night with other analysts, and after going from the third pick, Mahomes and Brady, and then Kamara in round three, wow, Brady! Round I came two. back four through six, four through seven. Um, I think I took five receivers in a row. Hmm. Uh, I drafted Pittman, DJ Moore, Godwin, Allen Robinson, oh. and Allen Lazard. Awesome. That was a super flex? That was a super flex. I can't believe you got all those guys and you covered both of your quarterbacks and got Kamara. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I punted tight end. Uh, Gerald Everett is my tight end. And my, my number two running back is just guys I'll cycle through. I start with Sanders, Miles Sanders. Well, look, super flex leagues are obviously a different, different animal. Um, but uh, we'll we'll look again at that pick by pick series and see how we got our wide receivers and and if we like it or not. Uh, I would say that I would ideally like to draft one of your top, I guess I'd say six wide receivers. I'd love to have one of those guys. That would be Cup, Jefferson, Chase, Diggs, Lamb, and Adams. I'm a little little nervous about, but you know he'll he'll be in that group. But that's not going to happen for me if I have a top probably five pick. Uh, I don't know exactly when I, it's tough for me. It depends on the league and when I draft Cooper cup, but you know, I I'd like to have an elite wide receiver guys. Uh, I'm sure you would too, but if you don't get an elite wide receiver, if you don't, how many elite wide receivers are there? Let me start with that. Like what's the elite tier? I think it's six. 
that I'm sure about. I'm going to say four. Opening my tiers now, double-checking. This is the updated version that will be on the site today. I'm going to agree with Heath. The answer's four. Jefferson Cup, Chase Diggs, in some order. That's the top four for everyone. There are more, but um, like Lamb and DJ Moore have to prove it. Um, Adams and Tyreek Hill. Let's see what it's like with the new QB. Like there, there will be a couple more, but those there's four that I feel good about. Okay. Uh, so follow up question on that. If you don't get one of your four favorites, or maybe for the listeners five favorites, whatever. If you have an early pick and you took McCaffrey or or somebody in round, we took a running back round one, round one. Do you feel you feel more uh, under pressure at all to maybe get a wide receiver in round two and round three? Or not, or that just doesn't factor in. Not me. Doesn't, doesn't for me. I, I think the thing that you find in round two, especially if you're probably pick seven or eight, you know. So once you get to where it's, you know, Devontae and CD Lamb are gone. Um, like for me, you know, I I think the group of Keenan Allen, Evans, um, Pittman. T. Higgins, D.J. Moore, you could find those guys in round three in some cases. Not necessarily, not, not Allen and Evans, but you could find Pittman and, and Higgins and Moore in round three if you don't want to go into the Tyree Kill, A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel group. You know, so... Well, Debo is... Uh, he's like the sixth wide receiver off the board or seventh. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm talking like just, you know, the way I would approach it. Yeah. So, you know, so if, if I don't take Keenan Allen then I'll typically wait to see which of those other three and the other three being, I'll say four, because I think Michael Thomas is going to creep his way in there. But the, the four being uh, Pittman, Higgins, DJ Moore, and Michael Thomas. I'll look for them in round three and be perfectly fine with it. I don't think Michael Thomas is going to get there because his ADP is still much lower than where we are drafting him uh, just since August 1st. If you want, I can change the date range. But August 1st on NFC, he's still 63rd overall. Um, and I don't know. I'll tell you where he ranks. He'll get into round four. He won't, he won't get into round three. You're right. Okay. Yeah. He's uh, Thomas. He is. Sorry. Well, and again, like I Wide ran, receiver I, 32. I was going to give Adam some credit for this because I ran a bunch of Twitter polls over the last couple of days about what type of leagues most people play in. And there were just as many in half PPR as full PPR. It was almost a tie. Basically, nobody plays non-PPR anymore. Mm-hmm. But for those people who play half PPR, I'm not sure Michael Thomas will even get into round four. All right, we'll get into well, that in a little bit. Um, let hold me, on, Adam. Yeah. His NFC ADP since Monday, and we're recording this on Thursday, is 27th overall. Wow, really? 27.8, yep. How He's, many oh drafts? My gosh. So 20 drafts. No, hold on. I screwed up. That's Michael Pittman. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds uh, good. Turn for that. Yeah, we need an intern. Need an intern for that. Michael Thomas is fifty nine point six. All right. So listen, we'll get into that. But, Man, but I, that they're going to be E I T T M A N T H O M A N. What about Michael Gallup? No. So uh, anyway, um, <laughs> listen. I got to I got to read a few uh, things here, and uh, and we'll get going a little bit on on the rest of the show. But I do want to point out that there are some players that I think these three guys, Dave, Jamie, and Heath, are just going to be higher on than the rest of the industry or, and then the rest of the people that you're drafting with. And Michael Pittman might 
might fall out of that category because he is becoming closer to a second round pick. I think he'll end up in early third round pick. So Pittman, but people are kind of following you guys. You guys have been very high on Pittman for a while. Brandon Cooks is one that we're higher on. DJ Moore is one that we're higher on. Now within the Dave Jamie Heath rankings, it's very different. But DJ Moore higher on than the industry. I think maybe Dave is kind of with the industry. And Michael Thomas would be another guy. So these are players that we like a lot. We'll tell you more about them, I assume, in Sleepers, Breakouts, and Busts. Uh, the Draftathon is coming up later this month. Again, when we finalize, it looks like it's August 31st. When we finalize the date, I'll let you know. But right now, there is a St. Jude link in on our YouTube chat. And we're going to put the eBay link. I'm going to put it in the chat right now. It is in the episode description. You can bid on some amazing things. All of it goes to St. Jude. You can bid on a spot in the podcast league, which is already up to about 1600 bucks. You can bid on a spot to be on the show, on the podcast. Pre-draft calls with Dave, Jamie Heath, and experts from outside the industry. Just go look at the at the eBay page. I put a link in the episode description and in the YouTube chat. And and do some bidding, and it is going to go to St. Jude. So please do that. Uh, we actually have something that's timely for today, if anybody's interested. Um, so we have three spots open in our mock draft that's going to be at 3 o'clock today. And you can bid on those three spots. Oh, yeah. Awesome. So mock, come mock with us. Um, also, we are. I want to thank everybody for for nominating and voting for us on podcastawards.com. We are a finalist what? in three. We're finalists in three categories. Some of you listeners may actually be called upon to vote in the next round. So if you see an email from podcastawards.com, that means you can be a voter and you know vote for us. But thank you for getting us to the next round in People's Choice, Mail Hosted, and Best Sports Podcast. Um, I do think a big thing that we talked about in the running back preview and need to do it again is the difference between two receiver leagues and three receiver leagues. Many of our mock drafts, a lot of our content, um, you're going to see three receiver leagues, but we know most of you playing on CBS are in two receiver leagues, and that is apparently the standard on ESPN and Yahoo. So, Heath, how do things change for you at the wide receiver position in a two-receiver league versus a three-receiver league? I don't draft as many wide receivers, and I don't draft wide receivers as early. In a two-receiver league. In a two-receiver league, right. yeah. I, I, I would still take it, – it affects the guys after the first couple of rounds more than it does the guys in the first couple of rounds. It would not affect how I'm going to draft Cooper Cup or Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. All right, so um, let me – Those guys are still elite producers, but – it would definitely affect how I would draft guys like Juju, Alan Lazard. I'm not like he he would the the low ceiling, high floor guys, and maybe I'm putting somebody in a wrong place here, but um, are far less appealing if you only have to start two wide receivers. The it, I don't know that it affects the the rookies in the in the double digit rounds that much because they still have the upside to boom. Um, but you don't have to worry so much about those guys. Like, yeah, he can be a wide receiver three for me. Who cares? Uh, we we actually did a two receiver mock draft on YouTube last month, and and it or I don't know around a month ago, and it didn't seem to change the ADP. It didn't seem to change too much in terms of when the wide receivers went off the board compared to our typical three receiver leagues. But uh, Jamie, I'll ask you. I've noticed that most of the top twelve wide receivers at the end of the year, the guys who finish top twelve. Most of them are drafted in the first six rounds of a 12-team league. So they're top 72 picks. So if you were to project your first six picks in a two-receiver league versus a three-receiver league, is there a difference in how many wide receivers you would expect to have in through, through six picks? I would probably not be as 
interested in drafting a fourth receiver early as I would be in a three receiver league because with a flex, because I would try and get a flex receiver with a higher pick than I would a running back with a higher pick. That makes sense. All right, listen, we have two episodes to talk about all wide receivers and all those things, so this will be a more general approach. We, we will talk about some players today, sleepers, breakouts, busts, like I mentioned. Um, but uh, if there's something that we don't get to, don't worry. We've got another hour or so on tomorrow's show. Um, we're going to do 15 wide receivers in five minutes. That's a fun segment. I do want to do some running back leftovers real quick, though. Just a couple of quick notes here so people don't have to wait until the weekend to hear it in case you are drafting. Uh, and some people are drafting now. Detroit, this is according to uh, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, who went to a few training camps, and he wrote, Detroit believes wholeheartedly in a one-two tailback approach with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. Dave, you were talking about how um, uh, Dan, Dan Campbell talked about Williams working in at the goal line. So that was off the air we were chatting. So what do you make of this? Is there a chance? Or do you think we're too high on DeAndre Swift as an early second-round pick in a 12-team league? The quote is Dan Campbell was talking about why he decided to practice short yardage goal line situations at full speed, full pads. And in the course of his answer, he said, when you really need it, you can line up and lean on somebody and hand it to 30 or one of these running backs. 30 is Jamal Williams. So his role isn't going away. It seems like he's pretty locked in as uh, the complimentary back and potentially the short yardage goal line guy for Detroit. You already know from watching Hard Knocks just what he means to the locker room. He is a ball of energy, and I think they like him as a character guy. There's no chance he's not going to be on the team this year. So he is somebody that could take away some work from DeAndre Swift. I think that's something that everybody understands. And I think the main reason why people draft DeAndre Swift isn't because he's going to score double-digit rushing touchdowns. It's because of his use in the passing game, the potential for him to catch a slew of passes. He's one of those guys that has a shot at 80 catches over the course of the season, and that's why he's a top-15 pick in full PPR. I wouldn't worry too much about Jamal Williams. Yes. I mean, we knew this, but it, it bothers me just a little bit more to hear the goal line stuff because I do, and again, we just have a, a, a disagreement on this, but I do think the target volume is is very unlikely to be like what it was the first half of the season. He had six-plus targets almost every game. I don't think he had a game with, with more than three catches or maybe he had one game with more than three catches in the second half. To be fair, though, didn't they make the switch right when he got the shoulder injury? Yeah, and actually... I mean, I have some stats on this. I, I want to get into it right now, but the target share for running backs was definitely lower after Anthony Lynn was removed as a play caller, but it was higher in the games that DeAndre Swift played. It was, I think it was, it was about a 21% target share in the second half of the season when DeAndre Swift played for running backs, which was definitely lower, but it was higher than what you saw in the games that DeAndre Swift was out. Um, Jamal, like it's that's 21% is like two thirds of what Anthony Lynn would do. Uh, yeah, but Anthony Lynn in week one, they had like 20 running back targets after that. It was, it wasn't quite, it was more normal, I guess, but still high. Um, okay. You want the number of snaps that these guys no, I, played not, inside the three? Sure. Sure. Seven for Swift, five for Williams. That was last year. Williams. And yes. This time I got it right. I'm not going to Pittman this one. <laughs> Williams played 13 games uh, and had five carries inside the five-yard line. Swift had four carries inside the five-yard line. Okay, second running back note. Jamie, Melvin Gordon has a foot injury. Uh, what do we do with this vague information? 
Well, the rocket ships are going off for Javante. Um, if if this is serious, but hopefully it's not serious. I, I mean, look, it's it's one of those things. I think you want to give it a few days to see what happens and if there's anything that comes out of it. But clearly, if Melvin Gordon is going to miss any time, Javante Williams, depending on the amount of time, will creep back into the second round. And if it's a significant injury, will be a first round pick. I'll tell you what's a first round pick in the world of clothing, and that is Indochino. Top top two pick, top one pick. I have bought a lot of clothes over the years and nothing compares to the Indochino suit I own. A beautiful custom suit that fits me perfectly. I love wearing it. I love to put my Indochino suit on. You feel better. You feel a little bit more confident. You got some more swag in you when you look good. So get yourself an Indochino suit because I know people who pay 800 bucks, 1000 bucks for custom suits and they think they're so fancy whatever. It's going to look just as good if not better in an Indochino suit and for half the I mean much much lower. Uh you can get 50 bucks off any purchase of $399 or more by the way with the promo code FFT at indochino.com. I N D O C H I N O.com. Promo code FFT and the prices they start at 449 for custom suits. And 89 bucks for fitted shirts. So you go to Indochino.com. You, you customize every detail of your suit. You're going to enjoy the process. It's a lot of fun. You can either go to a store and get measured or you can submit your measurements online. And it's not just suits. Like I said, they have great shirts. They have great fall wear. Um, you can check out the entire catalog and just design your perfect suit. You're going you're gonna to absolutely love it. And you're going to want to wear it. And you're just going to look better in, in your Indochino suit than any other suit you own. So get 50 bucks off any purchase of $3.99 or more. Use the promo code FFT at Indochino.com. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code FFT. Let's do 15 wide receivers. Yeah, I got, I got something minutes. interesting real quick, Yeah, not to derail you, but uh, Nate Taylor, who covers the Chiefs for The Athletic, um, suggests that Ronald Jones could be cut. Wow. Mm. I've heard because that. Checo and Jarek McKinnon have looked better than him. Hmm. And remember, not, not too, too long ago, there was a report that Ronald Jones was a serious contender to be the starting running back. Yeah, and he says that Ronald Jones that was before him on a podcast. He said Ronald Jones needs to have a strong preseason. Otherwise, it could be cut or traded. If he's cut, they save 750000 bucks. If he stays on the team, it's $1.5 So inconsequential in terms of salary. So it comes down to his talent, whether or not he can hang. And I think this is back to your point, Heath. It's very, very good situation for potentially Clyde edwards Lair. Clyde's probably going to be one of my Saturday risers this week. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. 15 wide receivers in five minutes. Here we go. Dave, Devontae Adams. New team, same stud, has chemistry with the quarterback. Fully expect him to be a high-volume wideout again. Top five fantasy receiver. Uh, Stefan Diggs, Jamie. Uh, 165 targets on average in two years with Josh Allen. We'll have his yardage up, his touchdowns hopefully the same, and is one of the top four wide receivers in fantasy. And you all have Diggs ahead of Adams. Debo Samuel Heath. Um, man, if he could do what he did last year, then he should be a, an early first round pick, but we don't expect him to do what he did last year. It's, it's how much they let him run and how much he regresses from the efficiency will determine whether he's worth a round two pick. C.D. Lamb, Dave. Should be the top target getter by a mile in Dallas. Was outstanding last year when he was working out wide. That was when Michael Gallup was hurt. We don't know when Gallup will come back. 
I imagine we'll see Lamb lining up all over the place and getting force-fed targets from Dak Prescott, top eight fantasy wide receiver. Yes, Heath, make the case against Lamb real quick. The Cowboys, I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with too much of what Dave said, but the Cowboys and Dak Prescott have always distributed their targets pretty evenly. It would be highly unusual for someone to earn more than 23-24% of the targets in that offense, and if he doesn't, he's not going to justify his ADP. Is 23% good? Is there, is there a mark? Is there a number that's 23% is plenty. Well, it depends on how many t- passes your team throws and a lot of sure. a variety of factors. But right. 23% does not generally say you're going to be a pick in the first two rounds, no. I think he goes over that okay. looking at what this team looks like right now. How right. many, right. How many they, touchdowns? They have to change it up. How many touchdowns for CeeDee Lamb? In his career? No. 11. This year. He's never scored more than six, right? I think that's true, and I'll I'll tell you that Dak Prescott has never had a wide receiver score more than eight touchdowns. I have met eight. Turn that six upside down. He scores nine. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's go to Tyreek Hill, and I don't remember who's up. Jamie, I think you're up. Tyreek Hill. Uh, quarterback downgrade. I want to say system downgrade, but I don't know <laughs> if that's necessarily fully true, but I'll say slight downgrade in system. Um sharing the field with another receiver who just broke the rookie record in receptions. And so downgrade for Tyree kill this year, but still a borderline number one fantasy receiver. Is he a round two or round three pick right at the turn? I would take him in round three, but I have no problem if you take him late round two. Are you sure he's got a quarterback downgrade by uh, Keenan Allen? Let's go to Keenan <laughs> Allen. Heath Keenan Allen has been Mr. Receptions, much valuable, much more valuable in full PPR than he is in half PPR. A slight concern that Mike Williams is the true wide receiver one on this team this year. Keenan Allen has been a top 13 wide receiver per game, five straight seasons, top eight in three of those five in full PPR. In half PPR, he's been top fifth, top 17 five straight season. He's been four, 15, 12, 11, and 17 in half PPR. That's per game. All right, next up we have A.J. Brown. Dave, interesting player, A.J. Brown. Great when he's healthy. We saw it last year, 16.8 PPR points per game. That was with Derrick Henry on the field, so that was when the Titans were running the ball a lot. We think that Philadelphia will run the ball a lot, and he can still be very productive. Uh, he's been connecting with Jalen Hurts. The reports have become positive this week. It looks like mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts is starting to find his groove. That's a great thing. He's slowly moved up my rankings, and Brown has been a top-12 receiver for pretty much since he's been in Philadelphia. Pretty round, much since, even before that. Round three? He's a round three pick for me. T. Higgins and Michael Pittman. Jamie, who do you like better? Well, Pittman's my guy. Uh, I think we're going to see 160 targets from him this year. Uh, Could be the target leader in the NFL. And building off a strong sophomore campaign. Quarterback upgrade, uh, lack of competition for targets. I think Michael Pittman's going to be one of the third-year breakouts we talk about for years to come. And and Higgins might be as well. Um, Higgins not far behind, but I, I think there's a little separation there. Four more picks. I'm not going to put DJ Moore in here. I know you guys like DJ Moore the best in this group. I think you do anyway, all of you. No, Pittman for me. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Of these next five, basically, DJ Moore is one of them. The other four are Jalen Waddle, Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin, and DK Metcalf. Waddle, Deontay, Mm -hmm. McLaurin, Metcalf. DJ Moore is is Moore first in that group? Yes. Yes. Moore is like a round and a half ahead of everybody in that group and four rounds ahead of Metcalf. (laughs) And uh, how about Waddle, Deontay Johnson, McLaurin, and Metcalf? Everybody, who's your favorite there? McLaurin. Uh, McLaurin. 
I have Deontay, McLaurin, and Waddle all basically tied. I currently have Deontay at the top. Okay. That was 15 wide receivers in five minutes. Thank you very much, guys. I think we can do our pick-by-pick series now. So, mm, no, I'm not feeling that. I think we should talk a little more strategy first. Doesn't um, that bring in strategy? Yeah, this is the perfect time to do it. All right, it. so let me let me ask you the questions first, and then we'll see how it's reflected in your pick-by-pick. Pick. I, I do love these questions. What is your overall wide receiver strategy? I know you have one. <laughs> Heath, you can go first. Overall wide receiver strategy. Think of it like I this. like to think draft of, Justin think of it Jefferson like this. in round one and uh, DJ Moore in round three and Brandon Cooks in round four and then wait and stockpile rookie wide receivers my bench. <laughs> That's a strategy, man. It is. Think of it like this, though. Average Joe fantasy player sees you on the street, recognizes you, and says, I have my draft running, tonight. Running, Season running. Yeah, sees any, any of you running or walking on the street. I have my draft tonight. What do I do at wide receiver? Heath well, just I'm told like, you. <sighs> <laughs> That's creepy. <laughs> yeah, um, he just ran away. He now you're gonna have to email him. Yeah, uh, I'm not not uh, not gonna be able to do that. Um, no, that's that's what I tell him. Okay, so Jefferson in round one, Moore in round three, Cooks in round four, rookie wide receivers after that. Jamie, what would you tell this stranger who just is terrified of, of panting Heath? So he runs away from Heath, and then I see him down the street. Yes. Um, I would say try to get one running back early and then go heavy at wide receiver because you're going to love the running back value of a lot of high upside guys starting in that round six, seven range, um, right where kind of the dead zone ends. And the receivers that you'll get early will make the difference on your fantasy roster. So you, I'm sorry, you said, repeat, the, I, I might have gotten running back. And I would take one receiver. running back early. Okay, okay. Then go heavy at receiver. Gotcha. And then circle back to running back later. Do not spend a lot of early picks on running back. Okay, Dave, uh, this stranger didn't really hear what Jamie said because he was just too shocked from the Heath experience. So now you need to clarify, what is your wide receiver strategy? I like to pivot to wide receivers whenever there's a running back that I don't love available on the board. And you might think that that doesn't happen until round three or round four. Sometimes that does, depending on who I'm drafting with. But in late round one, there are some running backs that I get a little bit nitpicky on and I pivot to the wide receivers that are there. I don't think it's a mistake to start your draft with two pass catchers or two wide receivers. There's a difference because Kelsey's in there with your late first round pick and early second round pick. And I don't know. I also don't mind going zero RB this year if you're so inclined to do it because there are enough running backs that you can find later on that can at least get you off to a decent start to begin the season. But there are a decent amount of wide receivers that I think you can count on to not only get you off to a decent start the season, but potentially help push you into the playoffs all year long. Those receivers are available in the mid-rounds. A couple of them might even be be available in the late rounds. That's why the position's deep. That's why I don't prioritize them, really, until there's running backs I'm just not in love with on the board. I want to see you go zero RB in a league we're playing out. No, he he did in the pick by pick. Well, he didn't go zero RB. Ah, no, that's not zero RB because I took no. two RBs in rounds yeah. three and four. You took <laughs> round, yes, but he did start his team with Diggs and Kelsey. It was not zero RB, but he started his team with Diggs and Kelsey. So we'll give him credit there. But Davis, what is am a, I supposed to do when there are players who I like a lot that are available in rounds three and four that play running back? I'm just this reminds to me of my no, but you said you said you don't mind doing. It. I just want to see you do it. It's one of my favorite conversations that I ever had um, when I was a fantasy baseball writer, and we were trying to convince Scott White 
that mock drafts were for trying out different strategies and just go go against your rankings on one of these mock drafts and just try out this strategy or this strategy. And Scott couldn't get couldn't get past the idea of drafting the best possible team he could in every mock okay. draft. Doing it in a mock draft is easy. I can I'll happily do, do it, it today. I think we, we have one today. today. Where's my pick today? Don't tell me no, I'm today's, at one. Today's, today is no non PBR. So. Oh, don't do it today. <laughs> don't do it today. Okay. Uh, by the way, do you change your wide receiver strategy in half or full PPR? Obviously from non PPR, yes, but is there a difference in your strategy half PPR versus full PPR? The receivers that we know as reception guys, the ones that we're counting on for high volume get downgraded, but only those receivers. The elite receivers, no, I'm still taking Cup and Jefferson and Chase early. Um, but, th- but the ones that are going to score a third of their fantasy points or more, maybe even 40% of their fantasy points just on receptions, you got to downgrade them because they're not as valuable. I also upgrade like Debo, Mike Williams, A.J. Brown, the, the guys who are really high efficiency but low catch guys or lower catch guys. What about just how many wide receivers you want or who you're going to start at flex? I definitely would ideal. I wouldn't say definitely, but I ideally am starting a, a wide receiver at flex in a full PPR league. But in a half PPR league, do you guys have a preference? Then I think you kind of just play the board. Okay. Usually my flex is for my best available player after I've got my starters picked out. I don't really try. I In full PPR, it makes sense to put a wide receiver there because they catch the ball so much. But if I have a great running back sure. that's better than the other receivers on my team, what am I supposed to do? I'm really right. going to you know, no, sit I, that running I'll back? I'll give you an I example. I almost always draft my flex before the rest of my lineup's been filled out one way or the other. Uh, I'll give you an example oh, of a draft that's I'm normal. doing. I don't think that's bad. Do a, doing a draft right now, and uh, it's you start uh, three receivers, two running backs, and two flex, and it's full PPR. Um, but I could not pass up AJ Dillon as a flex. Uh, you know, so uh, so yeah, he just was the best. I, I had, I think, I had my five. I had two running backs, three wide receivers. Now it was time to draft flexes, and even though I'd like wide receivers in that flex spot. A.J. Dillon was just the best player on the board, and I know he's not going to catch a lot of passes, but he was better than the wide receivers to me. So, uh, yeah, you don't pass up value. Looking at the top 36 finishers in full PPR leagues over the last three seasons, here's how many of them have been wide receivers. 19, 24, and 22 over the last three years. Just the top non, non-quarterbacks. The top non-quarterbacks out of the top 36, it is wide receivers crush running backs in full PPR in half PPR, wide receivers have had an edge, a smaller edge, but an edge over running backs. I was surprised by that, actually, in the top 36 over the last three years. Um, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, sleepers, breakouts, busts, pick by pick, hopefully some key stats that I think will help you draft. But uh, we'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's fill in the blank. Jamie, you can start. We'll go Jamie, Heath, Dave. My favorite sleeper-wide receiver is blank. I'll say Sky Moore. Okay, Sky Moore for Jamie. He's a late-round pick, going to probably after pick 120. Uh, Heath, your favorite sleeper? Uh, Nico Collins. I think he could be a good flex, even if Brandon Cook stays healthy, and if something happens to Cook, then Nico Collins could be a starter for you. Sky Moore, Nico Collins, and Dave? My sleeper is Isaiah McKenzie. I'm I'm buying into the hype a little bit that I've heard out of Bill's training camp. We're talking about a sleeker, faster version of Cole Beasley in the slot. Beasley had over 80 catches last year. Half the people in your league don't even know who Isaiah McKenzie is. <laughs> uh, and breakouts. Let's go Heath, Dave, Jamie. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be DJ Moore, right? Um, I've made the same case 17 times this summer, but if you haven't been listening... He's shown us the elite ability to get targets. He's shown us the elite ability to produce yardage on targets. He's not shown us an elite ability to score total touchdowns, but he has scored more than 25% of the Panthers' touchdowns over the past three years, basically the same rate as Stephon Diggs. They've just never had more than 17. Baker Mayfield is a pretty good touchdown guy. DJ Moore for Heath. Uh, for Dave. I hope that happens, man, because DJ Moore deserves to have a monster year. I think Michael Pittman's going to have a monster year because we've seen it in the past from Matt Ryan. He's he's definitely helped wide receivers finish his top 10 guys. Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones are those guys in Atlanta. And is Pittman on the same level as them? Uh, probably not, but he's going to get the opportunity to do so. And this is, a, this is a player who I think you can draft still. Uh, clearly, you can still draft him in round three. He'll give you a round two return. Jamie's been on him a little bit longer than I have. But I, I think he's one of those guys, high volume, lots of touchdown potential. Wouldn't surprise me if he finished the year with 10 touchdowns. Okay. Uh, do you guys like Even with Matt Ryan as his quarterback. Pittman or, yeah, that, that would be unusual for Matt Ryan, uh, wide receiver. Uh, Pittman or A.J. Brown? I have A.J. Brown ahead of Pittman, I believe. Pittman for me. Heath, Pittman or Brown? Pittman. I'm taking it back. I have Pittman over Brown. I'm oh, sorry. Pittman across the board. The- Two spots behind in my PPR ranking. Jamie, DJ Moore, and Michael Pittman are taken. So who's left for you as a breakout? Yeah, a guy that's not going as high, and understandably so. But Rashad Bateman, I think, is you know uh, somewhat of an obvious one, but a, a later round, not a later round pick, but later than these guys, like I said. Uh, someone I would look for in round five. Uh, stepping into the number one role for the Ravens, uh, big opportunity. He's not going to get 140 targets like Marquise Brown got last year, but I think as the if you if you're watching on YouTube. Our projections, I think, are somewhat accurate. 114 targets, you know, between 110, 120 targets, I think is fair. Uh, two years ago, when Lamar Jackson was healthy, Marquise Brown had 100 targets. I think Bateman will do better than that because of the receiving core that he has. James Prochet is banged up. Devin Duvarney has been banged up. You know, so you're, you're going to see Mark Andrews lead the team in targets, Bateman be second, and have an opportunity to be a, a borderline number two receiver for the majority of the year. Can I give one more? Yeah. I think Cortland Sutton has a career year. Huge opportunity, upgrade a quarterback. 2019, when he was the number one guy in Denver, 124 targets, 72 catches, 1,100 yards, six touchdowns. I think he can beat that. And I think he fits the profile of the type of the Cooper Cup type of receiver that you draft in the, that round three through five range and finishes as a top 10 guy. He's my favorite breakout. Uh, you know, 
I'm sorry. Did I just steal that from no, you? No, I wasn't going to say it. So I'm glad you did because, you know, I'm just doing your sleepers, breakouts, and busts. But I, I liked him even before the Tim Patrick injury. Now I love Cortland Sutton. He's going 40th overall in the last 10 days on NFC. And I would, I think he's a third round pick. Um, mm-hmm. I was just reading an article about how he's the guy that Russell Wilson looks to, was on ESPN, uh, when he's in trouble. You know, when the play breaks down, he's going to Cortland Sutton. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with Cortland Sutton. So I'm glad, I'm glad you're on my, uh, I'm glad you're on that team, Dave. It's nice to hear the reassurance. I, I struggle with Sutton and Mike Williams, not as breakouts. Cause I don't think Mike Williams is breaking out again. Right. Uh, I do. I do think Sutton's a good breakout call. Um, but man, those two guys are just so interesting. Like when to draft them, how good can they be? Cause you know, Heath sediment, I don't think is, is far off that based on the touchdown potential, Mike Williams could be the better fantasy receiver than Keenan Allen. Um, but Sutton, you know, especially with Patrick out of the way, could could just be a monster with Russell Wilson. With, with yeah. Russell Wilson. And I struggle with Sutton versus Michael Pittman, which I know you guys don't. But, you know, I don't know who's a better player. Uh, it doesn't really matter. I, what I worry about with Pittman is just he's going to be on a low pass volume offense. They should throw the ball more, but they had the second lowest pass rate. The Colts had the second lowest pass rate in the red zone last year. Uh, only the Eagles threw the ball less frequently as a percentage in the red zone. And that's Jonathan mm. Taylor territory. So mm, yeah. I, I, I do worry about that a little bit with with Pittman. And I think Sutton um, pro- probably has more big playability than Michael Pittman. And that's why I think he's got more touchdown potential than a lot of receivers that are going to go ahead of him. So I'm probably too, I'm probably gaga. I wouldn't say I'm too high on Sutton. I'm probably the highest. But um, If you're debating him versus Pittman, then you're the highest. Yeah. I think but in PPR, they, they, it's an easier me, case for Pittman. Athletically, they profile the same. I don't think either one of them is going to run away from defensive backs once a week. The red zone stuff kind of makes me think twice about 10 touchdowns for Pittman. Yeah, for but sure. look, they, they they have a new quarterback, so things could change. But that, right. is, that is what they It do. should be a more efficient passing game than what they had last year. And I think they started to distrust Wentz last year. Yeah. And then that could play into it. I don't think they have any distrust issues with with Matt Ryan. All right, let's do busts here. Let's go Dave, Jamie, Heath. Who will be a bust? Deontay Johnson's got a new quarterback. You might think that he's as good as his last quarterback, but I'm not sure if that's going to be the case because the brain is different inside that quarterback. It's also going to be a different offense in Pittsburgh. I think they're going to try and spread the ball around a little bit more. Uh, I think they like... I think they like both of their rookies, both George Pickens and Calvin Austin, but I think Pickens is the one who's going to play a lot. There's starting some, to be some buzz over Fryermuth over the last week. Adam, you just talked about it. And I think they want to run the football even more than they did last year, and they didn't run it that much last year. I'm worried about the volume for Deontay Johnson sabotaging his numbers because he wasn't very efficient even with the high target volume last year. When would you take Deontay Johnson in, in a dream scenario if he fell to you? Six. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're not, yeah, I'm, I'm, you're not. I'm really bearish on him. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jamie bust. <laughs> Devonte Adams, uh, mostly based on cost. I still think he'll be great, but he's been great a couple times since 2017 and still been a top 10 fantasy receiver, just not a number one or number two fantasy receiver. This is the most talent that he shared the field with from a receiving standpoint. He's dwarfed the number two guy in terms of targets in green Bay with Aaron Jones, for the majority of that stretch, uh, Jimmy Graham once during that stretch of the last five seasons. And it's not going to be the same thing from a target perspective. So I don't think he's going to be the 155 targets that you see here. I think he'll be closer to 140, maybe less. 
uh, still be very efficient, still be very good. And again, twice over that span, he's been a top 10 fantasy receiver with averaging under 20 PPR points per game. So again, I would still take him in round two. But as we know, based on his ADP, he's going in round one as a top four receiver. We have him projected on our site from Sportsline as a top three receiver. So uh, it's just a matter of cost for me. So not a round one pick, not even a top 15 overall pick. I would take him in the middle of round two, which he never gets there. Okay, Heath, who's a bust this year? Amari Cooper. I, you know, I was using Fantasy Pros ADP when I said it first, and um, he was wide receiver twenty-two at pick fifty-seven. So I wanted to go check over on NFC over the last eleven days and make sure that he hadn't just plummeted. He's still at what pick sixty-seven, a uh, sixth-round pick. I, I wouldn't take him until the end of round eight. I don't think there's even much upside there. I think it's more likely, um, barring something really shocking. I think it's more likely Amari Cooper is a waiver wire wide receiver than a than a top twenty wide receiver with Jacoby Brissett. Wow! In two seasons where Brissett's been a main quarterback, his best receiver had one hundred and nine targets, fifty seven catches, nine hundred and sixty six yards, and four touchdowns. It's T Y Hilton in twenty seventeen. No other receiver in the history of playing with Amari with sorry with Jacoby Brissett had even seven hundred yards receiving in a season. I'm just trying to find what he what he did. With Dallas, without yeah, Dak- Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's a lot better than Jacoby Brissett. Andy Dalton sucks, bro. Andy Dalton's been really bad for a Have long time. Have you seen Jacoby That's Brissett ridiculous. play the game of No, football. Andy Dalton has As not been good for a, for a long team time. Daniel Jones at quarterback. And Don't he, tell me Andy Dalton sucks. He sucks, too, and we're waiting for, the, for Daniel Jones, Mac Jones tonight. It should be a lot of fun. But no, Mac Jones isn't playing. Mac isn't playing. Oh, I thought they said he was going to play. He still doesn't know the new offense. Uh, <laughs> uh, Andy Dalton has not been a good quarterback for a while. I, I, I don't buy that. But he, Cooper was... Pretty good. Uh, he wasn't waiver wire fodder. He's you know. so much better than Jacoby Brissett. I don't. He used to be. I don't know if he still is. I don't think he still is. But so Jacoby Brissett hasn't gotten any worse. But just Andy Dalton has. Of course. Yeah. Well, because Andy Dalton <laughs> once was good. Jacoby Brissett never was good. No. Jacoby. Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett is fantasy poison. I. I fully support that that theory. All right. So here's Would what he we said to his face. I would not say that. I'll get my intern to do that. You wouldn't even say Andy Dalton sucks to his face. Uh, you're right, and I wouldn't say it again. It was just a. I don't think you would reaction. tell anybody that they sucked to their face, Adam. Donkey Kong he has sucks. Told me that I suck in the past. Uh, to your face? You said Keith sucks. I said Donkey Kong sucks. Uh, <laughs> Sky Moore, Nico <laughs> Collins. That's Donkey Kong's face. You know something? You suck. Here, anyway, so recap: sleepers, Sky Moore, Nico Collins, Isaiah McKenzie. Breakouts, DJ Moore, Michael Pittman, Rashad Bateman. Ooh, sorry. I, I totally said those wrong. That would be DJ Moore, Michael Pittman, and Rashad Bateman. And busts are Deontay Johnson, Devontae Adams, based on call. All of this is related to ADP. Devontae Speaking Adams of your, uh, your crazy sounds and craziness, um, so we had a phone call yesterday about the draftathon. And what it would take for Adam to shave his chest <laughs> on the show. So Heath, what dollar amount do you think we should put it at that Adam has to shave his chest to raise? And it's got to be significant because you know it's a pretty big ass. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't think Adam would set the number too high because he wants to help the kids. Um, Five hundred dollars. Is infinity a number? Because I, it will not happen. There is no way. Now, I'm now, my chest no, it can happen. Now, it can happen. Um. Hold on, as I'm sure you know, if if Heath when he leans back, you can see he's also seemingly has a a, 
pretty yeah. great chest there. Um, what would it take for you, Heath? Just to shave my chest? Yeah. I'm supposed it's to gonna sh- grow back. It's not like it hurts. We're not asking you to wax it or anything. It does it's not gonna hurt. <laughs> I don't want to be topless on the air. Just like, I'll shave. do it. I'll do it off the air. I just don't want to show it. Okay, because I said I wouldn't do it for ten thousand dollars. <laughs> you really wouldn't do it. I was about to say you wouldn't do it for ten thousand. But I it's also already sent in. Adam a shirtless picture of myself for the promotion of this whole thing. So wait, wait. Also, as you can see from the little bit of your arm that's sticking out there, what wait. about shaving your arms as well? I'd shave my arms for $10,000. I don't really want, I'm sorry to say this word on the air. I don't want people to see my nipples. I just, they're very <laughs> private for me. What if we cover them up? Let's no one's going to take any on. joy from seeing your nipples. Especially no one's going to be me. looking directly at them. Okay, hold on, hold on. Tassels on a nice big D right here in the middle of your chest. How much? Well, I'm supposed to shave a J for Jude, for St. Jude. Uh, okay. Make it a J. I don't yeah, care that much the alphabet. $50,000, Dave, and I'll do it. All right. Let's. Uh, every listener. I think what we have to have happen five is bucks. I think not, Nando comes to your house and shaves your chest no. on the air. This is no electric razors, weird. though. Like we need shaving cream and the, and the, the oh, straight yeah. edge. Uh, well, I'm going to cut myself. I don't want to do that. I've never no, Nando's going to do it for you. Oh, okay. Perfect. Then $5. We're in. Okay. So. <laughs> Let's talk about our pick-by-pick pick series here. We're going to conclude our show today with this. Tomorrow, I'm going to give you some fun stats about wide receiver, including uh, why offense matters for a top 12 wide receiver only. I'll just tease you. Only 15% of wide receivers who have finished top 12 over the last six seasons were on offenses that ranked 20th or worse in scoring. Uh, where you know, At what point in the draft do we run out of top 12 options? Uh, there is a particular range in the draft where almost every season we get a top five wide receiver, and that range is 39 through 50. So things like that. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. But right now, let's look at our pick-by-pick series, and this was for a three-receiver league, and I think Shafey T, our new producer, Thomas Schaefer, can bring that up for the YouTube audience. Um, if you need the link, Shafey T, let me know. I'll send you the, the pick-by-pick link. But we'll take a look at our teams. Jamie, you had the first pick. And you went with Jonathan Taylor and Nick Chubb, and then you drafted four straight wide receivers, and you can start all of them. This is three receivers and a flex. Maybe in a three, maybe in a two receiver league, you wouldn't have taken that fourth receiver. You tell me. But talk, talk to me about this build and if you liked it. Yeah, I do. You know, I, again, typically I wouldn't take Nick Chubb in round two if there was uh, if he wasn't such a good value at that point. And this was, you know, right after the the Deshaun Watson situation was looking like six games. So a little bit more confidence in in Nick Chubb then. But uh, I still get the the other receivers that I got, which were Michael Pittman, Terry McLaurin, Michael Thomas, and Traylon Burks. Um, again, you know, you want to say Michael Thomas is going to be, that's fine. But, you know, pick another receiver that's close to him. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love that. I lo- absolutely love it, you know. And so more, more likely than not, it would end up being – Instead of Chubb, it would be two receivers there. And then where Burks was would probably be another running back uh, where I would start to look at that position. But, you know, anytime I get a chance to get three guys like Pittman, McLaurin, and Thomas, I'll take that all day long. Okay. So two running backs, three receivers, and then that's that fourth receiver, which is a possibility in a three receiver, which he might not do in a, in a two receiver league, basically. I had the And then the guys that took at the end also, you know, oh. KJ Osborne and, and Josh Palmer. Yes. I know you like them. They have big opportunities if, if there's an injury. To have a, sh- a true breakout in Los Angeles and uh, and Minnesota, I had the second pick. I took McCaffrey, and then I took Evans and Debo Samuel. 
And then I took J.K. Dobbins. So right there, I have two running backs, two receivers for my first four picks, McCaffrey and Dobbins, Evans and Debo Samuel. I love that start. Chris Godwin in round five, Dalton Schultz in round six, Elijah Moore in round seven. So my wide receivers were Evans in round two, Debo in round three, which was a steal. Never going to get, not going to get there in most drafts. Elijah Moore in round seven and, oh, I'm sorry. No, Chris Godwin in round five and Elijah Moore in round seven. So I like it, guys, but do you think, because Godwin, you know, if he's healthy, could be great value in round five and you can get him in round five, but is it, is it okay to pair Evans and Godwin? We don't know the extent of Russell Gage's injury yet. So, I mean, if he's hurt after getting injured in practice on Tuesday and Julio, as we've seen the last two seasons, not exactly the Hall of Famer that he was, then yeah, I think you're going to get a ton of target opportunities for those two guys, especially with Gronk gone. So it's not, it's not the worst wide receiver pairing given what the volume, in the volume is and will be in this offense. I believe they played 14 games together. In half of them, both of them had at least 14 PPR points. Yeah. That and was I, last year. Maybe that 14 with game. Antonio Brown hanging around. Right, right. With Rob Gronkowski hanging around. Now Brown wasn't around for all those games because at one five. point in the season he was hurt, and at one point in the season he lost his mind and quit. Mm-hmm. But obviously, I think there's definitely enough room for both of them to do well week to week. And I you know, want to know how many weeks they both stunk? Yeah. Three. And by and by one of those weeks, Dave, I think is probably the New Orleans game where they left. Of course, they both left with an injury. So really, yeah. twice they both stunk uh, when they were on so the field I together. Think that's, so that's good. I think that combo is okay, especially because it's not Godwin in round three. I mean, if there were no injury, Godwin's probably around three pick. It's Godwin around five, and that's where he's going right now. Um, I, I won't go through all twelve picks here, but uh, let's see, Heath, why don't you pick one of your two teams, and Dave, you can pick one of your two teams and talk about the wide receiver builds. Yeah, I was looking at the first team and thinking, well, now I'd probably take DJ Moore over David Montgomery. So, I appreciate uh, that you didn't. I don't I don't know <laughs> what was going on. Well, I think I may have had Montgomery as a second round pick then. It um, wasn't that you had Moore just ranked behind him and now you've revised it and put more ahead of him. Right, but or still, maybe it's the same thing. I think it's instructive that like if you start with Justin Jefferson and Juju as your top two wide receivers, that's those are exactly the type of guys that I want to go get um, in Garrett Wilson, Jahan Dotson, George Pickens, even Velas Velas Jones. Um, like those, I believe those younger wide receivers in the later rounds are the guys that have the upside to to really pay off. So that's that's how you want to do it if you're thin at wide receiver. I guess the other team was a little bit thin at wide receiver as well um, with Lockett and I, you can, as my uh, number three. Oh yeah. Sorry. So I know for people watching it's, they, they know, but they know what you're talking about for people who are listening. Heath had the fifth pick and I already referenced this team, but he took Justin Jefferson in round one. And then he went three, uh, four non-wide receivers. He went Andrews, Montgomery, Akers, Antonio Gibson. Uh, he just said, if he was going to do it over again, he might take DJ Moore over David Montgomery. Um, but in this case, this was a, a, a hero wide receiver build. Round six, he took Juju Smith-Schuster as his wide receiver two to go with Jefferson in round one. And then Garrett Wilson, Jahan Dotson, George Pickens, Velas Jones, Sterling Shepard. So. That team is so much better with DJ Moore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not even close. <laughs> uh, who did and then you, you take, take one of those other receiver picks they took later and you turn that into a running back because you've got DJ Moore earlier. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, and then Dave, pick one of your teams that you want to talk about. From the sixth spot, I got Derrick Henry in round one. I'm not going to pass him up. I'm just, I think he's going to be great this year. Put yourself in my shoes in round two. Leonard Fournette's on the board. Saquon Barkley's on the board. Here are the receivers that were left. Mike Evans, Debo Samuel, uh, Tyreek Hill, Michael Pittman, A.J. Brown, T. Higgins. What do you do? I figure that because there were so few running backs, and I have Fournette ranked ahead of them anyway, and so many wide receivers, I can just wait till round three and take the best of what's left at wide receiver. And so that's why I took Fournette in round two. And it worked out. I got T. Higgins in round three. I like the execution of what I did. I just don't like the names. I passed on DJ Moore. I wish I had taken DJ Moore now as we sit here, you know, two weeks later from when we did this. I wish I had DJ Moore in round three. And the same thing in round four. I took Marquise Brown. Um, I took him ahead of Godwin, Terry McLaurin, and Michael Thomas. I probably would have taken Michael Thomas there. So if my team had Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette, DJ Moore, Michael Thomas, yeah, uh, I'm I'm dancing. That's an awesome start. Yep. Right. I don't even know if I can get that. I might be able to get that drafting with you guys moving forward. And then Justin Herbert in round five, Drake London in round six. So by the end of round six, hey, look at this, Heath. I had more wide receivers <laughs> than running backs on my team. <laughs> Way to go. Um, and those wide receivers were Higgins, Marquise Brown. But if you're going to do it right. again, that would be DJ Moore, Michael Thomas. And, and then Drake I don't even London. know if I would take Drake London in round six. I might go with who else was available? Lazard. Uh, Maybe was no was no Lazard went ahead of them in round six. Oh, that was yeah. my pick. Yeah, right. So I I took London at the time. I remember when I took London, I was hoping to get Traylon Burks to fall back to me in round seven. Maybe this maybe this time around uh, would I take Burks? I think I'd probably risk it with Burks again. I don't know. I would have found a different receiver than London, and if not, London's really not that bad in full PPR. How do you guys feel about? Sorry to do my second team here, but. My second team. Oh, I would have was, taken Dalton Schultz. Okay. Sorry, Adam. My second team was the only one in this 12 team draft that did not draft a wide receiver with any of my first three picks. So the only one that went at least three rounds without a wide receiver. So tell me how you think this one turned out Joe Mixon, DeAndre Swift, Kyle Pitts, Cortland Sutton, DK Metcalf, Alan Lazard, uh, Russell Wilson as well. I also have Julio Jones and Christian Watson. Uh, I wouldn't take Watson there now. He's still recovering from a knee injury, hasn't even practiced yet. Uh, I also have Tony Pollard. But the crux of the team... You might have taken Brandon Ayuk then. The crux of the team... No, he was taken in front of you. My bad. Sorry. The the core of the team, right, is Russell Wilson at quarterback, Kyle Pitts at tight end, Mixon and Swift at running back, weak at wide receiver compared to the other teams, Sutton, Metcalf, Lazard, Julio Jones. How do you feel about that team? You're going to have bad ride receivers, but if Mix and Swift and Pitts all hit their upside, you won't care. I think that if Metcalf or Julio hit their upside, receivers. Like, who could you have taken instead of Metcalf? Darnell Mooney. No, he just he went Gabriel, right, Gabriel Davis, Davis. You could have had could have had Judy. I wouldn't have taken yeah, any of them the over Metcalf. They're all kind of the same. So yeah, I mean Metcalf, if he's if he's anything close to being himself mm-hmm. with the bad yeah. quarterback situation. Then and Sutton breaks out, then yeah, you're fine. The way I said it is that I've said this like six times this week, but I like this team in a two receiver league a lot. I don't like it so much in a three receiver league. I wish I had taken, I, I cannot see myself going three rounds in a three receiver league without a wide receiver. Um, I just, I'm probably going to have two in my first four picks. And that's, that was, it was helpful to do this pick by pick uh, and draft two different squads because that really put that in perspective for me. But, uh, I'm less tied to strategies in a two-receiver league. Three-receiver league, really, 
really makes me prioritize the position. And that's the umpteenth time I'd said that, but I did want to hammer that home. Uh, hopefully that helps you on draft day. Tomorrow's show is going to help you on draft day as well. Remember, here's our programming for the rest of the week. We have wide receiver preview part two. We'll go through ADP um, and just tell you who we like and don't like. like. We haven't really talked about Alan Lazard that much. We take him well ahead of his ADP. Even, even Heath, I think, does, even though Heath's not so high on him. I don't think I've ever drafted him. Yeah, but that's but you would in in if you were just going by ADP. But we take him so early. Um, who? What else? We haven't talked about Marquise Brown. We haven't talked so many guys. Uh, Debo Samuel. We didn't really talk about him, but he could have fit the bust list because I think you guys probably like Debo in round three, right? But he's going like 16th overall. So we have a lot, a lot to discuss. That'll be tomorrow. Dan Schneier and I are going to record a mailbag slash news slash fantasy cops episode that's going to publish on Saturday. YouTube, you can see it on Friday. And that's it for tonight, or for, t- for today. It's almost tonight. Uh, talk to you at noon Eastern on CBS Sports HQ with Fantasy Football Today. Thanks for watching and listening, everybody. Have a good one. There's a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.